Hi, everybody. Welcome to Busy Living Sober. It's me and Wheezy. Hi, Wheezy. Hi, Elizabeth. How's everything? It's great. Is it great? It's a great day. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. It is beautiful out today on the East Coast today. And um, weather is amazing. Life is amazing. And today we're going to talk about how it doesn't matter if you're a celebrity or just a regular person out there that has this disease of addiction. Because I just went and saw the movie Rocket Man, which is a story about Elton John. And oh my gosh, wow. I cried at the end. It was really good. I've heard it was good. I haven't seen it myself. It was really good. It was really good. And I cried, and some people would be like, well, why did you cry? And um, the reason I cried, at the end, it said he has 28 years of recovery as of now. So he's been sober for 28 years. But when he was in his addiction, I could relate to when I was in my addiction. When you think that alcohol and drugs are it, like you get in that thing in your life where it's like it's your God, right? Mm -hmm. That's what you do all the time. Even when you're somebody that's very talented, like he is an amazing, like he can, by listening, he can play a song, right? Like he hears the music and then he can go and play the music that he just heard. And it's kind of like you and your artwork. Do you know how when you're, when you're doing art and you see something and you just draw it? Yeah, I'm, I can. I'm, my mother is much better at it than I am, but um, but I yeah, I, I mean, I I definitely can. It it is a, it's a talent. But it's a God given talent. It's nothing yeah. that you ever really went and studied no. and had many. It's kind of like that with him. Like he didn't have a ton of instructors in the beginning that said, "Okay, this is how you play music." His mom got a piano for him, and he started playing the piano. And it's like you in drawing. Yeah, he just had a gift. I mean, you know, I feel like that as well. And when we have a gift and we we don't look at it as off, like as something to be grateful for and we don't run with it because it is, it's never enough, right? Yeah, I mean, and for him, if we're talking about Elton John, I didn't see the movie, but you can um, explain it better. But during his addiction, I mean, how hard was that for him to to be the talent that he was and um and also be using drugs and and drinking i mean what was that i mean to think about when somebody picks up and starts using and that's what the, i mean i believe that we all start off i mean for me i think i, I had the alcoholic brain from day one Mm-hmm. And it seemed like from watching the movie that he did too you know once he had one he wanted a ton more it's that more, 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 more. And, but how do I get my, how do I get out of it? You know, once you're in it and you think that the only way to get out is by dying because you would never, ever think I'm going to quit drinking or I'm going to quit using drugs and I'm going to be okay. Cause that's the last thing we want to do as addicts. Like we don't want to give it up even though we know it's killing us. Right. There's, there's two sides of it. There's the passion side that you, it, you know, like you've said before, it was your best friend. So there's that side of it that you don't want to give up for those reasons, you know, but then the other side for me was that I just, I physically felt like I could not, 
I could not put that drink down. Like it was not ever going to be a part of my life. You know, the abstinence, it just, it just didn't seem like it towards the end that I was going to be on my own capable of, of putting the drink down and never going back. Yeah. And it's, and so many of, and I think so many people that are listening, I mean, if you're out there and you're listening today and you're like, oh my gosh, I have this problem and I don't know how I'm going to stop. And you found this podcast and you're like, hopefully this is going to help me and it's going to give me the answer. And I know for him, he ended up going to a a rehabilitation center and he finally asked for help. He's like, he couldn't do it anymore. Right. And I think we all get to that place where we're like, oh my gosh, here we are. My life is going so well on so many levels. But in how I'm doing on the inside, the inside, that's where it's like the inside is what's always broken. You know, I feel like we all walk around, even Elton John, he walks around with the costumes. He always had to be like so big. He had to wear the biggest costume. He had to be wear the craziest shoes and the craziest headgear and the craziest glasses because he wanted that attention. But on the inside, he didn't feel like he was worthy, you know? And and I mean, you're the, we're the, I guess the watered down version without the, you know, the celebrity and all that. Um, you know, I, I've always been drawn since before I even got sober, but, it, you know, towards the last couple of months that I was, um, that I knew it was, was, was inevitable, that um, I, one of the things I did all the time, more than anything else, um, more than reading about alcoholism or anything like that, was I, I constantly Googled celebrities, celebrity, recovering celebrities, celebrities that are recovering, you know, um, addict recovery, addict celebrities, celebrity addicts. I mean, and I just would, you know, I would like every day just, and I wrote a list of all of them because for some reason it was so, um, it, it was so motivational for me to see these people. And because here for me, I was, I was living that life where, you know, what, I mean, most of the time I felt, except towards the end, that I was putting on a good face. Like I, you know, I, I did my work. I, I raised my children. I, I, I did all the things that I was supposed to do. And I, and, and for the most part, I pretty much did them well. But, um, you know, but the inside, like you're saying, I, I was dying inside. And I guess for me, it was, it, it, I was drawn to reading about whether it was Robert Downey Jr. and, you know, his prison sentence or, you know, going, I saw Amy Winehouse movie. I mean, you know, there's something that draws me to that because, uh, and even reading Elizabeth Vargas's book, um, That Between Breaths, it just, it really helped me a lot because I saw these people and not that I thought they were that much different from me, but they were in the limelight and, you saw them getting support from other celebrities. I mean, they, they, you know, I mean, they were, they were right out there. We could, we could read about them. We could see them. And to know that these people are struggling when you see them on television, you see them singing and, and all this stuff that, that they are, you know, struggling just like you and I were inside and that they can come out of it. And it, I don't know, I just, it was one of those things that I became a little obsessive about just reading about people and not ever reading really about Elton John, but, but a lot of other celebrities. 
Well, we see people that are like, I think because of the shame that's associated with addiction, there's so much shame. And that's the one thing that I mean, I feel like I, I don't know Elton John. I've never called Elton John. I've never spoken to Elton John. But from the movie, I feel like, well, why would he do this now? And I'm going to bring up Bradley Cooper because Bradley Cooper also produced the movie A Star is Born a year ago. And it, it, and that ending, of course, of that movie was tragic, right? He ends up killing himself and he doesn't get sober. He ends up relapsing and dying. And Elton John, on the other hand, ended up going and getting sober and using the 12 steps like you and I do. And he has a life now beyond his wildest dreams. He had never known love until he got sober. I don't think that I truly knew what love felt until I got sober. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't, I was cut off. I was so cut off and so obsessed with myself and when I was going to drink and when I wasn't going to drink and how I was going to drink and how I wasn't going to drink and how I was going to hide my drink. I mean, all the stuff that happens when we're in our addiction and we just feel like we're so hopeless. There's no hope. Yeah, exactly. And having that, seeing somebody like him who had everything, he was making, he was the number, he was, you know, when his albums came out, he was like the number one. But there on the inside, he's using and he's drinking and he's taking pills and he's snorting lines and he's smoking weed. I mean, doing everything under the sun. I mean, like the plethora, we call it kind of like a trash can. We'll do whatever we can to get out of those feelings on the inside. Yeah, it's such an inside job getting sober. Yeah, you know, I even so um, when I was in um, the first rehab, when I was there, Robin Williams um, had committed suicide when I was there, um, and it was it was so um, so tragic. But yet, you know, at, at the same time, we all the the women that I I was with, you know, it was just such an uh, uh, you know an eye opener, just an awakening, just to know that someone of his status and, and, and his celebrity, that, that it was so bad for him that he couldn't, you know, and he had mental illness as well on top of his, you know, um, uh, alcoholism, but, but still, you know, here's a brilliant man. I mean, he is, he is brilliant. Um, and and it's just, it was so tragic that he just, I mean, and I listen to a lot, I go on YouTube and listen to a lot of his interviews. And I mean, he's so, you know, self-deprecating like with, with his alcoholism, but it is so insightful and, you know, I encourage people to listen to it because he, he's so, it, it's just the way he speaks of it is so intelligent yet so witty and, um, but it, it, but it's so tragic in the end because he died. He died. He couldn't, those thing those voices in his head, we all have these voices in our heads that are like, tell us one thing and it's not true. And then we believe, but we believe the stuff that's in our head. We believe these negative tapes that go on and on and on. And especially when we're in our active addiction, I mean, I can still say that those voices come up now, even being sober sometimes, but those voices that say, you're not good enough. You're a loser. You're not worth it. You're just pour yourself another drink. You're like, if somebody had my life, they would drink too. We give justification for it. We give all these reasons why we can keep going the way we're going. 
But we know also, on the other hand, it's like kind of like that old movie that we watched during Christmas where they had the bad devil. They had like the one guy, the bad guy on one side and the good guy on the other on the, one of those Christmas movies. And it was like, here, am I going to feed the bad guy or am I going to feed the good guy? Am I going to feed the guy that keeps telling me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worth it? Pour me, pour me, pour me a drink. Yeah. Because that's what it gets to. Well, you know, the sh- the part of what I think prevents people from, you know, getting sober is that fear and that and the fear and the shame, the exposure. I mean, uh, you know, I now at this point in my life, I I'm rarely bothered by um, I mean, I, I'm very open to constructive criticism. I, you know, I, I wear my life kind of on my sleeve just because, you know, when you go through rehab and and even if you don't but you just you get sober on your own without the aid of rehab you know you it's like you're turned inside out and and as painful and as horrible and uncomfortable and crappy as it is to be in that situation the rewards on the other side are so great because you and it's not like a because you become so hardened but because you just get to a point where it's kind of okay it's 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 almost to me it it just keeps building um you know like I, when i think about the elizabeth vargas interview with diane sawyer talking about her alcoholism and that's all it was was a, a talk about her um recovery and you know when they were going and going into uh different segments that she was clearly drunk um when she was interviewing i think it was katy perry or something you know Diane Sawyer was very ruthless uh, to me, like just saying, you know, listen to yourself, listen. And, and it was one of those things where you could, you could think like, oh gosh, you know, that, that must be so horrible to hear, but you know, she took it so well. And I feel like that's how I'm, that's where I'm at now, where, you know, the reality is it, it is what it is and it was what it was. And she sounded completely drunk. And if anybody said she didn't, they're, they're lying. Because she sounded horrible on that, just like I probably looked horrible, sounded horrible, like uh, everything. But when you get to, so that fear, just, you know, for people listening, you know, just to to put that, you know, to help with that is that, you know, you do get to a place where it's okay. You, You feel like you've already been so exposed that it's just like, okay, you know it's okay and 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 that exposure really helps you to be open to help other people because i wouldn't go to you know prison and tell my story if i wasn't comfortable in my own skin and i am because you know my regrets are few at <laughs> and you like yourself today right exactly and i think that when we are in our addiction i mean i know and i've said this 8 million times so i'm going to say it again i mean i was more fearful to quit drinking than i was to have a baby or get married and you think about that like get married to someone you're supposed to be married to for the rest of your life of course i wasn't married to for the rest of my life but to have kids and do all that. And I think a big fear was like change. It's a big change. And deciding that you want that change more than you want to continue what you're doing. Because with watching this movie, you could see like he was going to a concert, you know, with a million, what, how many hundreds of thousands of people, I guess. And he couldn't even perform. And doing that in the spotlight, like Elizabeth Vargas did, like on TV, people are watching her. But if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, but wait a minute, I'm not famous. And I don't even know who I'm really hurting right now, except for yourself. Right. And I think that the bottom line to all of this 
is that, you know, it, this is the perfect example of how they say it doesn't discriminate because you look at someone from Elton John to someone on the streets, you know, they're probably going to bed when he was in his addiction thinking the same exact thoughts. You know, tomorrow I'll quit. Tomorrow's another day. I will quit tomorrow. Or I, you know, that, 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 you know, that reel that just keeps going and going and going in your head. I mean, we're not different. We're not different. We're not, we're humans and we're all, and when we think, and I think that it's hard because there is so much about alcohol in our lives. I mean, you go and you watch a football game, you watch any sporting event. There's all these commercials about drinking. All these people are drinking all the time. And, you know, and I think that we think that that's the normal behavior, but it really isn't. It doesn't show the people that really don't drink. And there's a lot of people that don't drink. And now they're actually coming up with bars that aren't even going to serve alcohol. Sober. That idea. You had mentioned that. I'd not heard of it. Yeah. And it's just starting now. And I think that even they're saying this younger generation isn't going to be drinking as much. Maybe they're smoking more weed, but you know, they're not drinking as much. Well, and I think the more people that, and I've always said this and I, and I will always say it, that I am totally respectful of those people who embrace the anonymity of this program or of just being, um, in, in recovery, but I'm also, and I'm thankful for those people, but I'm also thankful because I think that that, that allows people that that is their biggest fear to be exposed, that they have a place to go, a safe place to go where they can try to get sober. On the flip side of that, I also think that as time marches on and people are more such like yourself or myself, more vocal about it and, um, are out there speaking about it and and not and and taking the shame away from it that we will start to see you know a difference that's why bars are you know are going up that don't serve alcohol i mean it will change it will be gradual but it and maybe we won't see that change completely but it, it it's going in that direction i do believe that and i applaud somebody like a bradley cooper who came out and said, he probably did, I don't know this again for fact, but I know when I walked out of that movie, I thought, oh my gosh, he probably has a friend that that story was written about. That was a rock star who never really made it all the way and ended up relapsing and killing himself. And then I applaud Elton John for showing the other side, which is like, I had this disease. I was at the top of my game. You know, I did, I, he's, ever, I mean, he's an, you know, he said in, in the movie, he says, and I'm not going to give up every Everything that goes on in the movie, but he's like, I'm addicted to everything. I mean, the one thing that I do have to say that I liked is that he said <laughs> at the end, he's like, and I'm still a shopping addict. I have to tell you guys all, I am a shopping addict. I love to shop. Like, ask anybody, I am definitely addicted to shopping. Do you have that addiction? I I did. After I got sober, I think I, I spent a lot of time shopping. I mean, it's just that whatever it's called clinically, it's like a transfer addiction or something yeah. like along those lines. But I mean, it happens. It's, it's, it's our makeup. It's how we're wired. And, you know, um, so yeah, you know, you don't have the alcohol, then you turn to something else. Fortunately, it's, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's unfortunately you're spending money, but fortunately it's, it's, you know, no harm, no foul, but you know, it's, it's, but it does happen. And I, 
And I think that if we're out, if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, I don't know how to do this. And I think that you can only do it one day at a time. And if it's starting off your day, writing a gratitude list, if it's starting deciding that you want to go check into a rehab facility because you can't do it on your own. A lot of places do take insurance these days and you can look into that and you can find a place that you feel comfortable or you can find a 12 step meeting that's in your community. I mean, you can go to aa.org and find a meeting anywhere in the world. So, I mean, if you're out there and you feel like you're like, what am I going to do? I'm drowning. And I don't mean literally drowning, but kind of literally drowning because we're drowning in our sorrows. We're drowning in the woe is me. We're drowning in the pity party. We're drowning in like, I don't want to feel because feelings are too much. Exactly. I mean, the feelings for me were so hard and I could see that with him. I mean, it's like he had carried around some stuff from his past, from his childhood. And we all, I don't think anybody for one goes through this world as a human being without something. And I think if you have something that happened to you, either trauma wise or in your family that was trauma and some things trauma don't have to be as graphic as getting, you know, molested or something, but something traumatic that was happened to you. If you're listening and knowing that you are, have been drinking in a way because you don't want to think about that thing that you had no control over, but you keep wanting to make it go away. Being able to talk about it and being able to be honest with somebody about it really helps change the whole story because once you get okay with it and you realize, you know, I realized something when I got sober, there's this thing yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and I've talked about this before, you know, we, nobody can go backwards Mm -hmm. and change our past. We just can't, we can learn from them and you know, I was insane when it came to drinking. Wouldn't you say you were? Mm-hmm. And my first thought of being insane, I thought, now my vision of insane is like uh, Jack Nicholson in One Flew Over the Cougar's Nest, you know, tied up in his straight jacket and going, oh my God. I don't mean that insane, but doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. That's the crazy insanity that I did. And if you're out there listening and you, like we talked about it this past week, the relapse, if you have tried and you mess up, keep getting back on the wagon. If you are like me that I didn't relapse, I, you know, I came in, I decided that I had to quit and I quit that day almost 13 years ago. And I, you know, and if you get one day, be really glad, glad that you get that one day. Yeah. And don't, don't look don't look anything past today. Don't look into the future. Don't think about events or things that are happening. I mean, you know, I'm sober now, but, and I don't have all the problems that I had when I was drinking, but I still have some of them. You know, I just deal with them differently. I don't drink to make them go away because, like I've said, they don't. Right. And I think that this movie shows, I mean, and if you're listening, please go out and watch it because it is amazing. It's beautiful. And not to mention the music is. Um, but realizing that, you know what, you're not alone and that's the biggest thing. And when we see celebrities, again, it makes us feel better. 
And if you go and you decide to Google celebrities, I know Russell Brand, who used to, wasn't he married to Katy Was he married to Katy Perry? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's been sober for a long time. Oh, I mean, Bradley Cooper. I mean, the the, the list is so... Liza long. Minnelli. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Jamie Curtis. <laughs> the I whole mean... Aerosmith band. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the list is... Uh, Tim McGraw, the, uh, the list is, is endless. It really is. And Nicole Kidman's husband, what's his name? Keith Urban. Keith Urban. He's another one. He's been sober for a long time. And, you know, you think, how do they do... And, like, how do they do it in the public eye? And they have to do it in the public eye. And they have to go, the president, President, you know, George W. Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah, 43. That president, the 43rd president, he, uh, Bush, was uh, is sober. And, you know, think about if you're a celebrity into how hard it must be. Like, oh, my gosh, I'm in the public eye and I'm this, I'm this important and I've got a drinking problem. Well, yeah, because none of us are infallible. None of us have, you know, I think that if there's addiction in our family, then addiction's in our family. And if you don't even see the addiction in your family because it goes back too far that you can't see it, I think most people, most families out there today have some form of addiction in their lives, whatever it may be. And it's just realizing that you want to change. And yes, change is scary. Nobody likes change, but it's worth it. And I mean, I just want you to know that if you're out there and you're battling, please, 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 you know, re- reach out to us. I will, we will write you back. Give us a topic that you'd like us to talk about. You know, we have our friend that's, you know, she's like, my husband thinks I'm addicted to collecting chickens and <laughs> she's doing her chicken thing. And if that's what you decide to do rather than drink, then find something that you like to do rather than drink, but do something different. You know, Elton John's an example, you know, of somebody who decided to do something different and now he's found true love. He has two kids and he's going to raise his kids with his husband and that's what he's going to focus his life on forever now. And he's going to continue to be sober and life is not going to be perfect. But this is an inside job. So if you feel alone on the inside and you feel like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I know that what I'm doing right now has to change, change it. Great advice. Great advice? Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Until next week, keep getting busy living sober. And please reach out again. Please, please, please. Busy, B-I-Z-Z-Y at busylivingsober.com. I promise I will respond right away if I can. And, um, you know, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. You can see all my funny little crazy pictures that I put up each week and my quotes. So until next week, keep getting busy, living sober. Take care. Bye-bye.